I said we were turning to more serious matters, and it doesn't get much more serious or deadly than what's going on in the Middle East. And it has to be two or three weeks that I keep hearing and I keep seeing news stories that say that they're drawing closer to a possible ceasefire or at least a pause in hostilities. So where are we now? Jonathan Panikoff is a uh, former U.S. intelligence offer. He is officer. He's now director of the Scowcroft Middle East Security Initiative at the Atlantic Council's Middle East program joins us now. It's good to have you, sir. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. So where are we in terms of, is, is there actual hope for some sort of cessation of hostilities, even if only temporarily? I, I mean, I think the best hope relies probably on whether or not you can get another hostage deal. And that does seem to be a consideration. Right now, Hamas is considering whether or not it's going to accept the terms. You're talking about what would ultimately be a release of all the hostages, probably over a 60-day period in exchange for a large number, maybe all the prisoners or what Hamas is going to demand that are currently held in Israeli jails. I think there's a lot of divisions to overcome still, um, but at least there are ongoing negotiations, and they're probably the most serious we've seen since the original cessation that we saw in November. I thought it was interesting. I was speaking to somebody in uh, Israel this week, and they said the resolve of Israelis has not abated at all. She said it's, it's still the morning after October 7th. So at the very least, this continued campaign, they have the, the public will for it. I think that's absolutely right. I, I actually think the international community as a whole is um, underestimating how fundamentally traumatic this has been for Israeli society. It has united everybody on the far left all the way to everybody on the far right. Israelis are overwhelmingly angry at Prime Minister Netanyahu. He has lost overwhelming support. But when it comes to the actual conflict, and I think right now a lot of the international community is focused on the politics, when it comes to the conflict, Israelis completely, for the most part, are supportive of the military continuing to go after Hamas and do what is necessary in Gaza. Now, I can certainly understand the sentiment behind, and actually the, uh, the, uh, the notion of trying to eliminate Hamas makes perfect sense, but I think we're up to about 26, 27,000 Palestinians who've been killed. I was reading this morning, half of Gaza has been effectively demolished. I mean, you know, how do you move forward knowing that you've effectively eliminated that, that community and that territory? Well, I think you're absolutely right. You're highlighting the fundamental tension here. So I, my understanding from, from folks who have spoken to on the ground is probably actually a little more than half at this point. Um, the numbers are absolutely horrifying. I think the challenge is, can you move to another stage? And we're starting to see the Israelis do this, I think. I think the Biden administration has been correct, and what they're trying to push for is a move toward much more precise counterterrorism style operations that are going to last probably for months, but have a situation in which you don't have Israeli troops in mass numbers on the ground, you don't have aerial bombardment, in which you're still talking about more targeted efforts to go after especially Hamas leadership, um, but allow people to try to start somehow to rebuild. I think the question on the rebuild is the real one that uh, people are struggling with because a number of Arab states have said, for instance, we're not rebuilding unless we have an actual pathway toward a 
Palestinian state um, that is firm and irrevocable. And if you have that, then maybe we'll rebuild. But we don't want to do it just so that Israel destroys Gaza again and the money we've invested three, five, seven years from now because of another security threat. And we keep on observing these ripples where, you know, proxy battles are going on, you know, for Iran and Yemen and uh, Lebanon and Syria and all that stuff. Uh, by your analysis, are, is it sort of, are we holding the front that this is still mostly between Israel and Hamas? I think that's getting harder and harder to say that that's true anymore. It's just the reality is between the Houthis, between the strikes, especially the strike that killed three U.S. service members uh, in Jordan over the weekend, I, I think it's getting harder. The real question now is, can you keep it at a low level simmer even with many more parties involved or do you end up in a situation in which you have an actual full-out regional war that i think is a little unknown some of it's going to depend i think on how the u.s responds probably in the coming days to the strike by shia militants that killed those service members in jordan um, but some of it's also going to depend obviously on the reactions i don't see the houthis stopping their attacks there's no ideological or political motivation for them to do so they actually think they're increasing their leverage others i think it's a little less clear hezbollah for instance almost certainly does not want to be involved in a full-scale war like it was with israel in 2006 and so you have some hope for some of the other proxies but it's certainly a mix thank you very much for this my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Jonathan Panikoff is a former U.S. intelligence officer. He's now, and it's a long title, but director of the Scowcroft Middle East Security Initiative at the Atlantic Council's Middle East Program.